Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. And today we are going to come out, come at you with some new House of the Dragon news. And Matt, I'm I'm stuttering because I'm floored that we've heard. I know it's been a bit. Yeah. It's 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 been it's been a little bit, hasn't it? That since uh since since House of the Dragon is like you know we were we were covering it there as long as we could, and then all right now let's get back into the reread, and we get a few chapters in, and suddenly boom, a little bit of House of the Dragon news. So we know you know just some of the some of the roundup right for se- for season two. We knew you know that season one, uh, August of twenty twenty one is when it started, ended I think in October. So we knew we obviously weren't going to get it in 2022 or excuse me, 2022 is when the show came out. It's 2023 now. It's like the years just fly by. <laughs> so we knew we knew we weren't going to get House of the Dragon season two until 2024. We don't know when in 2024, but we do know they're beginning filming. I think they actually are supposed to have started filming right in March. So they're either currently filming or they're just getting ready to start filming here pretty shortly so production's definitely uh production's definitely underway so you know some of the things we don't know and we're going to talk about this a little bit today we have sort of two topics one is a comment by matt smith which i have the audio pulled up and we'll we'll play here and then the other is a possible casting and i think you know we've talked about the importance of this character is that this is going to be the most important character you know, outside of Damon and Rhaenyra that's cast. I mean, this is the, like the make or break casting for the majority of House of the Dragon after, you know, Patty Considine as Viserys in season one, but obviously he's gone now. So uh, let's move first to this comment by Matt Smith. So let me know if you can hear this, Jimmy. If not, I'll get the audio uh, changed around here. One second here. I got I got all the scripts on Friday actually. All they're late. Them. They're really late. So you know everything that happened. the way, isn't that? It was coming so late. You know everything that happens then in season two. I well, yeah, not everything. I haven't I haven't got to the end of it yet. But yeah. Please, you've got 20 seconds to tell us everything you know. Yeah. So what happens is 50, 40. Okay. Then he started. <laughs> then he. <laughs> right. He so he 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 sort of makes a joke and then you know and then brushes it off. So getting it late uh is is sort of the topic and a lot of people online are saying there's a whole gambit of what people people are going on some people are going with what i think is the most likely scenario as they said a lot of hbo shows especially like game of thrones they got the scripts really late once the show gets big because they don't want stuff getting leaked 
Yeah, right? that would make sense. That's, I think, the most logical one. Other ones are people saying rewrites. Other people are out there saying, oh, here we go. Here's Warner Brothers again. They're like, are they going to fumble season two of House of the Dragon? They can't get the scripts on time. So, I mean, there's a lot of sort of theories out there, you know, online as to what is uh, what is going on here with House of the Dragon season two and perhaps getting these scripts late. So, like, what I guess what are your sort of initial uh, thoughts here? Well, I, I'm not that concerned because I would imagine that scripts coming late aren't all that uncommon, um, especially with, you know, a hit TV show that's trying to rush to production. Um, I mean, of course, I would probably prefer them to be on time, but if I had not seen this interview, I wouldn't have known one way or the other. So were season one scripts late? Like, do we know that? Can we go back and find that out? Because if they were late, then I would say, hey, we're probably okay. Um I'm not sure. I, I, I don't make too much of a big deal about this type of stuff. Um, just for the sole fact that I feel like I don't have the best insights of how Hollywood works or studios or direction or any of that stuff. So it could be no big deal at all. And who knows? Maybe Matt Smith's trolling everyone. <laughs> could be. He did sort of seem like he was brushing it off there. But of course, you know, there was like a showrunner that was not fired, but left. So people were like, uh oh, now they had to scramble and try and fix everything. And so, yeah, you know, it's I mean, that's that's some of the narrative online right now about about what this possibly could be. And I think it expands a little bit further. Let me see if I can uh, if if I can see, you know, what some of these other th other things are saying. Um. Well, and, and yeah, so rewrites, you know, rewrites aren't the worst thing in the world. Rewrites sometimes can be a good thing. Yeah, a lot of movies of uh, Star Wars Rogue One had a lot of re rewrites, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it fixed it. So I did find this. It says Game of Thrones season eight. The cast only got the script two days before the table read. Um, and then a lot of people saying here that like Lord of the Rings was being rewritten every single day during the entire shoot. Yeah. And in the season eight, one was 100 percent, in my opinion, probably for the leaks. I, I would yeah. assume. And they still leaked. So, <laughs> so you're so you're going with it's fine. Yeah, I mean, why why would I get all bent out of shape about it? Like I said, we don't know if even the first season one one. Like I'd like to know the ratio of how many seasons had late scripts. Um, and also, like these people are professionals and have experience in this. This isn't like you know a first go around for a lot of these people. So, whenever you're professional, you make things happen. Like. Dude, I would go to wrestling shows. Let, 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 let me give this an example, right? Well, I yeah, always but... thought if I made it to WWE that everything would be way in order because these independent wrestling shows that I came up on were always so disorganized and no one knew what was going on. It frustrated me. And then I got to do like five or six WWE spots and tryouts. And guess what? It's a mess up there too. And I was like, oh, no one knows what they're doing. Like no, it, no none of it matters. Like it's always going to be a mess. And I can't imagine... <laughs> that filming a TV show is much different. I, I imagine it's always chaos. And if it wasn't the scripts being laid, it would have been the costumes or the makeup or the production trailer or whatever it else might have been. So uh, I think there's just bumps in the roads whenever it comes to big productions because so many pieces are involved and they're moving at all times that you just, you deal with it. Yeah. Um, so he did another thing I think I, I did gloss over there is in that uh, thing. I found a, a transcript of it just because it's that's like from a TikTok video. So it's and it's like somebody's filming it um, starting in April. So it's not, so filming is starting in April. So that's pretty sweet. So, you know, mm -hmm. I think House of the Dragon, I'm trying to remember, you know, it was it was finished for a long time. Yeah. You know, obviously they, they have to go in and do at least finish filming, right? Then you have to go go in and do a lot of CGI and everything. Because I finished I think they finished last like February. February. Most and then they 
and I think they said it took about they did, they did about six months of post production. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty normal too. I I would I believe the dates that I've been seeing getting thrown around are people saying like earliest would be like June 2024, but more likely July August 2024. Yeah, I think it'll probably be around that July August mm-hmm. period as well. Who knows? You know, we don't know what next year looks like. Maybe they move it up, move it back. Um, you know, I think this year, whether it was just a decision, I mean, it was, it was, obvi- it was a, it was definitely a decision by Warner Brothers since, you know, Rings of Power had announced their release window. Yeah. A long time before. I mean, they, they said, you know, like Rings of Power came out on that, the way Amazon does it, that sort of Thursday, Friday uh, release. I think it's a worldwide release in some parts of the world on Friday, but here in the U S U S it ends up being like Thursday night. But, um, you know, I mean, for house of the dragon to go on Sundays in August, I mean, that's, they're saying that's fine. We'll go, we'll go straight up against not only, you know, this sort of rings of power that's coming out, but also go up against football. I and mean, they did very uh, well. Yeah. So maybe now they're like, we can release season two whenever we want doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I think when HBO comes to the table, they come with the with it swinging, if you know what I mean. I, I, I don't think that they really care too much about it. I think they have the idea that they're the best at what they right. do and uh, they perform like it most of the time. So, right. uh, and, and, you know, the whole Rings of Power, House of the Dragon thing. I mean, it was fun to kind of bounce back and forth, but like both shows did great. If you look oh, at yeah. the viewership, the so numbers. It, it is clear that the appetite for epic fantasy shows, uh, albeit they're very, very different. Uh, is wide and strong enough in the general audiences that, uh, you know, you can sustain two on different networks at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think I'm with you ultimately on the scripts thing. I think it's just probably a combination of a lot of things. I don't know that they're like late and that like Warner brothers is fumbling it because it's an HBO show. If it were maybe, you know, DC or something, right. Or like Harry Potter or one of these other sort of facets that uh, not doing particularly well at the moment then yeah. yeah i could see that but hbo i mean the last of us is on right now and it's just like it's like knocking it out of the park people I are mean, very happy just, yeah hbo is literally the, the only thing holding that ship together right now so <sighs> keep on i just as long as they leave them alone and give me my goddamn Duncan <laughs> egg show i will right, we'll get it we'll get it we better so Matt. hey <laughs> okay well here we go now let's now let's talk about another sort of big news thing here so we talked about this before, and of course, none of what we're about to talk about here is not set in stone, but this is sort of speculation, but we should probably find out here pretty soon. I mean, especially if filming starting, like there's going to be leaks, right? So you might as well just go ahead and announce it. And I would imagine we would know here pretty, pretty shortly. I mean, when you film seasons, you don't necessarily always film things in order. Like sometimes you film the last yeah. stuff first, just because of where you're at on set locations and everything. But oftentimes you still sort of move through like episode one, two, three, four, five, six is the way it typically goes. So the character that might be the most important character outside of Damon, Rhaenyra and Viserys and Alicent is Craig and Stark. Yeah, absolutely. And right now the sort of rumored, uh, lead is leo sutter who was in vikings of valhalla i haven't seen any of the viking shows but i'm just gonna i'll share a picture here on the screen this guy to me he looks like he could be craig and stark oh he's a unit 
absolute unit. And people seem excited about this. When I looked online, people were like, hey, this works. I mean, look at those pecs. I mean, I know we're on audio here, but my <laughs> God. The man's boobs yeah. got boobs. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were really hoping for Henry Cavill, but, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. So, no, uh, he's busy playing Superman, but also not playing Superman. I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's what what I mean. that's but this is, wor this works for me. What about you? Do you like this? Yeah, I think this could work. I mean, you know, just looking at the picture here, he looks, you know, they said, oh, he's that Craig and Stark's supposed to be about the same age as uh, Jaceris Valerian. He's definitely a little older. But yeah, I mean, it definitely looks, you know, he, in this picture, his hair is sort of up. And of course, I guess people who've probably seen Vikings are like, oh, yeah, I know, you know, know that this guy, this actor. But I mean, yeah, because here's the deal. Craig and Stark, and we can go kind of non-spoilers here, and then we can give a, a pause and say, well, now we're going to enter spoilers. So maybe yes. turn your audio off for a second. But Craig and Stark is like the most important character uh outside of our targaryens mm -hmm. he's a big deal he's a huge 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 important player okay that's the non-spoiler part now we'll go into the spoiler part so potentially tune your ears out for a second i mean he's the end of the whole story like the whole thing ends with him coming down as hand of the king and saying and serving as mm -hmm. hand of the king for the day and the hour of the wolf and saying this is how it's going to be i mean especially you know as rhaenyra's and Damon and all these other characters stories come to an end, he's going to come in. And if, if some of these characters aren't in the last, you know, half of that final season, this is the guy that's going to be kind of leading the, the TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you get, you already know an ending of a television show is such a big deal, but it's even a bigger deal in our universe here in the game of Thrones universe because of season eight. So this has yeah. to be a nailed casting. It has to be a, a nailed writing. Like everything's got to go very, very well for us. Um, what I will say is, and I, I think you would probably agree with this. He, he's going to come into the story much sooner, uh, obviously getting cast for season two, but not just because they're up in Winterfell talking to him. Do, do you feel like he'll end up in King's Landing prior to that? Or do you think we get extended scenes out Winterfell? I think we will get a lot more of this character than we get in the books. Of course, you know, the books are just a rough outline. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd have to imagine that we are going to get more of this character and, you know, a shift to what's going on in Winterfell and some of these other areas, especially because, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, I think that this is where the time jumps worked was in Game of Thrones, you were all over the place. Right. I mean, especially once you get out of like season one. Oh, yeah. Because season one is really just like the King's Road. It's like Winterfell, the Wall, the King's Road, and then Daenerys until you get to King's Landing. And then it's like, okay, now it splinters a little bit. But in House of the Dragon, it's like, it's pretty much just like Damon, <laughs> Damon, Rhaenyra, and Alicent. And like, that's kind of it. You don't, you know, that's why I feel like them really pushing house valerion was a big deal because you need some of these other factions to make it feel like game of thrones whereas now as we progress forward we're going to get like okay here's like you know Kristen cole will lead troops over here and damon's going to uh, take troops over here so to have some of this this sort of break which i always felt like daenerys was because daenerys is always over in essa so it's like a huge shift to go from 
you know, even like the wall feels sort of like separated from everything else. But like yeah. Daenerys feels like the biggest shift because her story is completely isolated for a long time. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. And I think it's it's almost a little bit more natural to open up the story in a season two. I mean, obviously, we get kind of thrown to the wolves whenever uh, it comes to Game of Thrones. And that that's part of the charm, too, of it. Um, but definitely going to hopefully open the story up a bit more. I think, I mean, we're going to see Winterfell, which is going to be great. I, I'm, that, my bet is that that's the opening scene of season two. So. But uh, I, I really wouldn't mind, uh, you know, getting some extended plot, like maybe someone going out to recruit the houses, kind of like what we saw in the last episode, but maybe in a more lengthy form and maybe even see some of the conflicts in those areas. Like you could do little mini things there. Uh, they're going to change some stuff. And we got to be okay with that, I think. I think we have to realize it's an adaptation and, and they can play with things and they're certainly going to. And Craig and Stark is a huge casting for all of that. Yeah. Um, and I have another picture here. Let me just pull this up. Because I think this will be more this of a is look. less. They're strappy. There's less That's, package here. Although it is in these. I did pull this off of the subreddit Lady Boners. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it is It is actually they're strappy. Because uh, I was just typing in Leo Sutter and it was like one of the first things that came up. But this look right here, his hair is down a little bit more. He's got like the, the beard. He'll have probably more of a thick you know, full beard being up there in Winterfell. But now it's like, okay, you're telling me this guy's going to be a Stark. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. They, they might need to, those little blonde curls. They might need to darken them up a little bit for me, but I think, I think we're, we're set. If this is truly going to be the person who gets confirmed on the casting, I'll, I'll be very happy with this. Yeah, I think, I, I think so too. Um, Cause again, it's, this is like the one, I not that game of Thrones has really ever had poor casting, Honestly, like the worst casting in Game of Thrones was probably, you know, the fact that they had two other people play the mountain before uh, Hathor Bjorkson plays them. Euron. Because then. No, I see. I don't know that the casting for Euron was bad, but like the but the the direction for Euron. He kind of looked like a backwoods Bam Margera. Like I, I couldn't like, get I couldn't get behind it. I don't know that this casting like I could I think you could make an argument Mance Raiders casting hmm. and also how they portrayed him because Mance Raiders definitely a little bit younger. It's kind of weird. They went with an older Mance Raider and a much younger Tormund Giants Bane. Yeah, that is strange. I never really thought they, about they really because because Tormund in the books is like old. Yeah, he's got like gray hair as opposed to, you know, red fire, hair. fire red. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It worked. It did. He did a great job. He was also great in The Witcher. He had a he had a spot mm -hmm. in the first Witcher two season two episode, and I thought it was great. Yeah. Is there was there any casting that you thought? I see. I can't even think of one in House of the Dragon that was bad. Um, no. I liked all the casting. I thought everyone did a great job. Like, like I almost forget like how much I enjoyed season one of House of the Dragon because we've been diving back into the book, so I'm like in full mm -hmm. book mode. But, yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with any of the casting. I thought even Masaria. All right, Masaria's casting is fine. <laughs> the See, that's the thing. Fine. Yeah, 
but the, yeah. the accents butt cheeks it's not good yeah see that's that's sort of the thing is there's always a difference between like you know do you cast somebody and then let them play the character to their abilities or is it like the script that holds mm -hmm. some people back i mean you see this a lot yeah. right you know like, I'm a big Batman fan, and everyone's always like, oh, George Clooney was a bad Batman. But they're all, but typically they're kind of like, well, he's kind of a good Bruce Wayne. It's like, no, it was direction. Like, George Clooney would, to George Clooney totally, like, when you think of who, like, Batman, George Clooney fits the bill. Okay. I mean, yeah, George Clooney is a talented actor. Like, yeah, it was a bad, it was a, it was a bad script. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so really, yeah, in Game of Thrones, like, Mance Raider might be the only one where I think it was maybe a little, not saying that a guy can't play him, but it's just, you know, script. And again, it was kind of weird that it went with an older Mance and a younger Tormund. Interesting, interesting choice there. Yeah, th this guy, uh, Leo, he 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 looks like he's pretty much on on par with what we would be with Craig and Stark, I think, right? For the age at the time period. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and then the the actor who plays when you look at him actually without his beard, he looks like a lot younger. He's only twenty nine, hmm. so. Although the kid who plays, um, the kid who plays Eamon looks way older than Ewan, uh, I forget his name, but um, he's he looks he looks way older than Aegon. Yeah, he sure does, and that that is something that people put. But he's out. an amazing cast. I mean, he's like he's like the perfectly cast. Yes, Aemon Targaryen. Yeah, he looks older than his mom, honestly. Um, so it looks like in one fifty seven AC. Cragen would have been 49 years old. Yeah. Yeah, but see, but remember Allison or Rhaenyra, excuse me, says that he's a little bit closer to your age. Mm hmm. So I think they're going to I think they're going to lower his age, which is fine. Yeah. And and, and to be honest, this works like you just got to be within the. Uh... Well, here's another thing in the books. <laughs> Ed Stark's like 30. It's like 32 or 33. I know. And then you got Sean Bean going over in his golden years. And like, we're all like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. sweet. Because the no, whole idea totally is, fine. yeah, I mean, he's, he's the perfect casting for, for Ned Stark. But in the books, the reason why he's 30 and kind of like the head of the household is because the life expectancy in Westeros is very, very young because it's always constantly something bad happening, right? Whether it be disease or rot or war, it doesn't seem like people live all that long unless if they are maesters for whatever reason. Uh, not, that's not to say that people didn't live long because obviously Eamon's at the wall. He's a maester still. But the right. old man, right, would be an example. But it, it does seem like the head of households don't always seem to make it all that far in life. So it, it's interesting because the book, I think, does play on that a little bit more than uh, than what the show does. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this guy's acting resume. It's not very big. No, he's he's been in a lot of television shows. Uh, and, That's like, and, but even like a couple, like in Vikings Valhalla, he was in two episodes. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing it looks, I mean, I guess Vikings Valhalla is kind of big, but I would say the biggest thing he is is looks like a really small role. Um, I mean, he's titled Young Man, so I can't imagine it was that big uh, in Maleficent, which was like Disney's reboot of, yeah, you know, the whatever with uh, Angelina Jolie. I haven't seen it. But. I, I will not see it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, he's been in a couple episodes. So he actually kind of fits the bill for what they're looking for. Yeah. Because they that's typically kind of the way they like to do these things. Just find somebody who's like got enough experience, but
but is ready to sort of become that megastar. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's something kind of kind of cool with that, because in a way, it's, if you like if somebody's first, if somebody's big break is with your project, then in a way, they always they'll always be typecast and remembered mm -hmm. for that project. And if they go on to become like a megastar, a lot of times people still think back to. Yes that thing like like take sylvester stallone for example yeah i mean no matter how big sylvester stallone has gotten over his career he's always gonna be rocky and rambo always i mean yes. that's like the first thing people are gonna think of uh think about chris pratt to me he will always be andy dwyer from parks and recreation which is yeah. funny because i know a lot of people know him from like gardens of the galaxy or whatever but right. for me he's andy he's andy dwyer through and yeah. through and I'll even say, I think for a lot of American audience, like they're going to resonate. I mean, some people are going to be like, what you're about to say is sacrilegious. Oh, no. I think a lot of people are going to associate Matt Smith with House of the Dragon. You think so? I think so, because American, while, let me, while Doctor Who is has become, you know, slightly bigger in the U.S., it's still not nearly as big as it is in the U.K., and it's still not nearly as in the world of fandoms doctor who is not like in that upper echelon at least in the united states I'm not saying it's not great he was great in it but doctor who still isn't in that upper echelon of like star wars you know like the the you know the big 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 stuff do, do you hear that hear what the clickety clack of angry emails coming from the hoofus <laughs> i love doctor who man. Ah, no you started a war it's over we're gonna have to close the doors. There, there is no war between Doctor Who and Dude, the Hufus. Do even, not mess around. Okay, it's not even. It's not even close. I mean, I'm just saying now. you put us in the hot, the hot seat. Oh, we're gonna go to war with England. Okay, <laughs> the United States is gonna go to war with England. Okay, <laughs> Matt's putting the whole country on his injured back. <laughs> okay, let's let's go. We have a road. We we literally have you know a roadmap of how of how to pull that one off. <laughs> England, we love you. That's true. We do. <laughs> England's, a, England's, I think, our second highest demographic. We got to take care of our friends over there. We do. We really do. They take care of us. Right. It's it's just it's just above Canada. So, you know, hey, I'm all I'm all for the maple. It's true. I do have more respect for England than I do Canada. So, Matt, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just, I'm just I'm just joking around. <laughs> we love canada too you know we we love we love all of the countries hey we're like number one you know we were like if you look at the demographics i think we're like number one books podcast in like uh, grenada so to shout out six, to grenada hey to the six people over there listening hey hey you matter you do top in the charts absolutely okay <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough. Yeah. So just a fun, just, just kind of a fun one. I don't think uh, if there's any other house, of the dragon news or any topics you want to hit on Jenny, Jimmy, let me go check and see if George is. Nah, he did. He did. He did. He did a update and it had not a single word about wins a winner, uh, which I'll be honest. Like I I'm, I'm cool with it because he can write about whatever he wants, but it does. It does appear that whenever he's not, mentioning wins a winner I, I i tend to get a little worried i do yeah so he posted a youtube video where he looks very decrepit uh talking about him and castle rock 
But yeah, uh, he, you know, he did a Casterly Rock thing not too long ago, too. Yeah. So this YouTube video is him talking about it in, in deeper detail, which seems like he's happy uh, in that blog post. He did say, please note that I did not use wins in the, the title of this blog. The last time I did that, the Internet went nuts. Guys, gals, come on. Tony Hillerman wrote and published The Dark Wind decades before I ever dreamed of Westeros because he's talking about Dark Winds uh, mm -hmm. being adapted, which is one of his friends uh, works. So, yeah, nothing about, uh, you know, anything good. We got Knight of Cooters, Wild Cards, throw it on the pile. It's fine. Actually, I've heard Wild Cards is really good, by the way, just just so well, we all know. Well, maybe, maybe we'll have to check it out. Night of the Cooters, I'm out on just because of the the uh, name of it. Uh, mm -hmm. It is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> just because it's Cooters, it's ridiculous. You can't name something Night of the Cooters. This isn't the '70s. That the artwork for this, the artwork for this Wild Cards books looks like an old Goosebumps book. It's very inspired by Marvel, um, but he uh, he he did it a lot of the writing earlier. Now he just edits them. But he has brought in so many talented authors like Daniel Abraham, which is one of the Expanse writers. Robin Hobb is written in there among many, many, many others. So Wild Cards, from what I understand, like the first like thirty volumes are like really good. Like people like them a lot. Superhero stuff, and uh, yeah, maybe one day we'll do like a patron episode. We'll read the first one. That would be fun. Yeah, no, I'd be down. We got plenty I'd of time. Be, yeah. Since yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna still still gonna be a while. Are we still on track? Oh yeah, we're definitely on track. Uh, because November 2024, right? That that that's mm -hmm. my guess. So we, we got plenty of time. Plenty, plenty of time. I would love to see an announcement right around uh maybe Christmas this year. I think that would put us in a in a good place to to get it out. Uh depends on how many edits he's gonna do as well. I know he edits as he writes, which does lengthen the writing process for most people. Uh, but who knows if he goes through it another time after that with his editor. So we'll see. Okay. Well, you know, another good time would be Emmy season and you know, that Let's will go. be coming up here shortly, right? A lot of these award shows, stuff like that, you know, we got to keep, keep our eyes out because you know, the Emmys have always, you know, for the, for the 2010s, the Emmys were basically the game of Thrones invitational. Okay. <laughs> it's true. I think I think Game of Thrones won you know won more championships than Alabama in the 2010s. Okay, so, that's a lot. You know, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> so we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, with that, that's just a short little like you know. Here's an update. There happened to be a little bit of House of the Dragon news, so we wanted to pop in an extra episode uh, and just get some of that talking about because it's exciting, right? We're going to be seeing more of it here shortly, and you know it's season one of the house of dragon was a lot of fun to cover and of course you know we got to see filming leaks and all of that kind of stuff so we'll definitely be covering all of that as well so next time though guys we will be back into the reread sansa one it's a bigger chapter uh now that i've read it again and man a lot of cool stuff in there there's that, so many little things mentioned that are massive yeah yeah it's really yeah good. Yeah, so <laughs> that's another reason we did this episode um, is it was like, oh, wow, this one is going to be big. That's going to need to be like an hour and a half. To, it might be like a two hour episode because there's a little, it's huge, mega, mega, mega chapter. So yes, with that, guys, as always, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. I know we've had a lot more people sign up on Patreon lately, so absolutely uh, appreciating that. And we'll definitely be getting some more fun content up there as well. So with that, guys, as always. Have a good one, and remember that winter is coming.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.